We're talking with Neil Gamble. There's a few podcasts in front of this one. Uh, welcome back if you've been listening. Uh, go back and read, listen to the other ones if you want to sort of pick up where we're coming from. We've had Neil Gamble visiting us from America, uh, well known to our network, and we're talking in particular about what uh, Neil has been hearing, what has been the prompt uh, for him to come back to Australia after, was it three years, four years, somewhere around Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Now, on this on this question of perspective, um, I've seen what in the time I've been able to spend with you here, we're talking to a number of people, I remember back in Adelaide and here in Anguston, talking to a number of people where things have not gone well, mm. where even when they heard something, uh, they either didn't speak it out and then they've, they're carrying a grief about that or they followed something and it didn't work out well. This thing you're hearing about perspective, about this perspective that we are sons and daughters of, of God and that we, you know, we have the fullness of what Jesus has um, opened up for us, how do we cope, uh, how do we handle or how should we respond when we're sitting in that position of perspective when things don't work out too well? We tend to look at the result as to whether we've obeyed God or not. And when you truly walk in the place of sonship, you, the results belong to Father. Mm. He sees things different than you do. He has uh, a whole bunch of things that are going on that we don't, we don't understand. So if I speak or say something that I think God has spoken to me, I have this preconceived idea of what must happen. And... I am so limited in my perspective because I live on earth. God sees things in eternity. That's a place. That's not time without end. It's a place without time. So God's perspective is from a place of no limitation. And he is the one who, and the, and the people that you speak to or, or operate or are um, with their choices will change the results there is a huge thing that we cannot control mm. so if you've spoken a word to or you know one of us has spoken a word to someone and you have this picture in your mind that they're going to accept jesus as their lord and savior but yeah. they just oh, and they just walk off and you don't have any contact with them again that's kind of what you're talking about yeah. is let god look after the but, outcome. But we feel like we failed, we yep. did it wrong because we didn't see a positive result. Mm. And uh, the, the hardest lesson for me to learn was when God started talking to me about the devil and hell. And he told me that hell was as much a part of grace as is heaven. That uh, being saved or unsaved, that both of those are a part of God's grace. That uh, in reality, the devil always wanted a place where he would rule and reign without God. And hell is a place without God. And that's where Satan is going to end up. Mm. So that really shocked me. And it really was hard for me to comprehend that uh, my job was to give people the option of life or death. Mm. My job is to give them the choice of Jesus or not. Mm. My job is to present and be the presentation mm. of God and who he is. I cannot take away people's choices. I cannot take away all the things that are happening in the world. Mm. So my perspective of failure is tainted by where I live. Mm. 
I have to recognize that truly my my victory is in my trust and obedience. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm. The results I cannot mm. preconceive nor judge as whether I've missed God or not. And that can be a very important refuge and place to go when you yeah. failed to act on something that God has given you and then that someone dies. You know, there can be really serious... Yeah. Results. Yeah. 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 That's true. And uh, and then you can't. I can't make excuses for it, but I can't carry it. It's about Jesus, and somewhere we have to find this place of trust, mm. in spite of and irregardless. And we know God will show us if we did wrong. He won't beat us with it, hmm. but he'll show us. Hmm. You know, uh, Early in my life, there was a guy God told me to go pray for. I didn't go. And he died. Hmm. I don't know whether he would have lived had I went. I don't know because I didn't go. Hmm. Okay. So my disobedience costs, hmm. but I am not going to beat myself up over it. And yet... Um, we sometimes think we hear from God and we do things and they're not God and we sometimes hear things and we do them and we don't see the results. Mm. Doesn't change who God is, doesn't change his character. Yeah. And somewhere I have to find the place where I release all that I can't control mm. to God. And that, that includes forgiving yourself yep. uh, when maybe, yeah. you, maybe you botched it. But yep. that's because you can do that if you clutch to Father's bosom, yep, that's you, that place of trust. It's like the kid, the, you know, the four-year-old, and he's standing on the picnic table or on a table or on a couch or whatever, and the dad walks into the room and he says, jump. The kid doesn't hesitate. The mm. dad better be in a position he can catch him because the kid's jumping because mm. he has this incredible trust. So this happens two or three times, and then... One day the father comes home and he's not paying attention and the kid's on the table and he just expects that God's going to be there. Mm. Dad. And he jumps. And dad sees him in the air before he even recognizes what's going on because he didn't say to the kid jump. The kid just assumed I'm going to jump. Mm. And he jumps and <laughs> smack. Yeah. He's down. Mm. What does the kid do when he gets up? Does he run away from dad? Mm. Nah, he runs right to him. And it's a bit like... Um, with Moses when he does assume yeah. about the striking of the rock. Yeah. He doesn't turn and rail at God. He accepts that that's yeah. the, the consequences okay. and he doesn't enter the promised land. But that place that just because we sometimes feel that God has let us down doesn't mean God's let us down. It means the situation, for whatever reason, wasn't, wasn't you know, the decisions and whatever. Okay, we still need to be just like that little kid. Mm. We get up and run to daddy because it's really the only safe place. It's the only place I can have my hurts healed. Mm. It's the only place where I'm going to get comfort. Because even though all that I thought was real fell apart and I ended up bruised, first thing I'm going to do is get up and run mm. right straight towards the father mm. because he's the only one I trust. Mm. So when we're in father's love, we've gone to his bosom, something hasn't worked out and what have you, um, I think that can be a tendency that a number of us can just hang around there for a long time and stop listening. Yeah. And that Father, he's keen for us to resume listening and trust him again. Yeah, but it's a process. Mm. 
So I don't think God's condemned, and I don't think he condemns us. Mm. Oh, yes, he wants us to get up, and yes, he wants us to go. But, uh, you know, in many ways, trust has to be rebuilt. Mm. Or, you know, the next time he gets on the table, he's going to, he's probably really going to wait. Yeah. And then if he hears God, he's probably going to, are you really there? Mm. And uh, Father has to reassure him, and then he jumps. Yeah. So, I was reading something in the national newspaper yesterday about how in the West, in Australia, for instance, uh, we have, it was almost putting persecution versus prosperity in that prosperity has taken us away from what happens in a persecuted church when it comes to trust. You know, I've asked you, first of all, about how do we take that godly perspective of who we are in God in our sonship when bad things happen? What should we be doing in trusting God when good things are happening? <laughs> I think actually it's harder to walk with trust with God when everything is wonderful than it is when it isn't. Mm. When it isn't, I only have one place to run. When everything is great, I have a lot of choices. Mm. And to still stay in that place, I think, sometimes takes more faith than when we're in persecution. Mm. Uh, I don't know that that's true. That's just a Neil book of Neil <laughs> chapter two meaningless word in some senses. But um, but it, isn't it um, risk, risky when things are going well for us? They could be going financially well. They can be going romantically well. You can easily lay your trust in something other than trusting yeah. your yeah. sonship or being a daughter of God. Yes, I'm at that, That's the reality. He tells us. You know, it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than it is for you to I mean for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to find stuff the key is there is does our position own us or does God do we own things or do things own us that's a whole difference it's not about whether you have a lot or have a little it's about you know do those things own you do they rule your life or does God? And, and the perspective also when things go well, we talked about when trusting a word you heard from Father and something goes badly or not trusting it and things go badly, we can be, all sorts of spiritual amazing stuff can be happening. Yeah. And we can move away from our position yeah. of trust in Father. Absolutely. The enemy is always there to twist the truth, to, to deceive us, to cause us to walk in the wrong direction. Mm. The greatest deception is a truth spoken at an opportune moment that leads you to the wrong conclusion or in the wrong direction. Mm. And no matter where our position is in life, that is a reality. Mm. So no matter whether we abound or whether we're abased, like Paul says, I've learned to be content. Mm. But what do you say? And I trust God. That which I've entrusted to God, I know that he will keep. Mm. And that's, that's that contentment. It's not a contentment of reaching a certain level of financial living no. and security. It's no. a contentment in being father's son or daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I live for the audience of one. Mm. I, you know, we all do want our father's approval in life. And what do we want? We want God's approval. Mm. We want him to, we want to be needed. We want to be used. We want to be uh, fulfilled in uh, purpose. Mm. It's essential to us mm. that there's uh, that we're needed and used. Mm. So that relationship is, is 
is essential. And so we've talked about trust uh, and trusting in Father, and we talked about the reality of everything we've got in Him. You've said some interesting things about heaven. I think sometimes we're we're hanging on as Christians, thinking, well, whatever happens now, you know, things will be sweet as when we're in heaven. So mm. let's just, you know, we're kind of hanging out for that, and maybe. Do we use that as an excuse sometimes to go, well, I'll just, I'll just go along in second gear maybe. I'll do a little bit that God wants me to do, but it'll be all sweet in the end. You know, That presence of heaven stuff you've shared with us, tell us a bit more about that. I really don't like your question. <laughs> well, it's all about asking the right questions. You <laughs> yeah, said. yeah, yeah. When I grew up in Christ and when I was... Um, preaching in traditional church a lot, and when I first came to the Lord, I was told we need to preach Jesus, repent so that you can go to heaven. You know, repent so you can escape hell. And uh, one day I came across this scripture in John 17, 3, that eternal life is this, that you may know the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And I realized at that point that uh, heaven and hell were byproducts of intimacy or the lack of intimacy. And that I wasn't trying to get people to receive Jesus so they could go to heaven. I was trying to get them to receive Jesus so they could be reestablished in intimacy with the Father. Mm. So that change in perspective then caused me to recognize maybe we need to look at what people have focused on and see what it really is. So God lives in heaven. And uh, we know that. But it also says God lives in me. Mm. Now, this is a crazy thing that I, I have no understanding of how it all works. But somewhere we have to recognize that uh, if God lives in heaven and God lives in me, then some way or other, heaven and Neil are connected. Mm. And we are the same place. And you might not like the question. I know you mentioned to someone while you're here about getting back on the edge. It seems to me that in your explorations in God, this is the edge of where you're <laughs> discovering at the moment. Yeah. We, we're made to live on the edge. Mm. You know, we're made to live in the presence of God. We're made to bring things that make people mad, sad, or glad. Mm. And uh, it's really what we're fulfilled. Risk is the most... Uh, Secular psychiatrists tell you that risk is one of the most important factors to real life. Mm. No risk, no real life. Mm. You know, it, it's that thing that generates things in us that uh, cause us to be alive. Mm. So, in Christ, I think it's even more prevalent. There is always, if you're following God, and we build on the foundation, Jesus the cornerstone, the apostles the foundation, and each man is to build on that. Mm. We tend to want to stay on the Apostles' foundation and just live there, mm. but we've got to complete the house. Mm. That means there's an incredible amount of revelation that has to happen so that the house is complete and that we mm. are in this place of love. We are love. Mm. So that means that there's risk and there's revelations. And right now, I'm in this place of trying to understand the revelation of I'm part of heaven. Mm. I'm gonna That's let people... just a bit crazy. And folks, that's where we had to leave it on that word crazy. Um, the thing got a bit crazy. Uh, my dog started barking, visitors arrived, and an hour that I'd crammed in with Neil had finished. Um, and it was quite apt, perhaps, we finished on that point. Uh, things were a bit crazy because uh, I think Neil was sailing near the edge of uh, 
what he's hearing in the Lord at the moment and about heaven and how close that really is for us. And I think he was still surveying what he could see out of his starboard side, venturing into this, what shouldn't be unknown, I think, something that should be known about where Father is and how close he really is. So we look forward to hearing more from Neil again. But the same spirit speaks to the church everywhere and I'm sure we'll be hearing similar things about the reality of how close heaven and Father God really is to us. Normal service will resume, I'm sure, on these podcasts for you, but uh, I trust that these um, four episodes with Neil and everything we've talked about has been a blessing to you. God bless.